So today's daf is uh, Lamed Gimel in, uh, in, in Yoma. We are on Lamed Bet, Amud Bet, at the two dots where you go to the wide lines. You go one, two, three, four lines, I say, from the wide lines. So it says, Kratzo means to kill it. So we, we learned yesterday that the Kohen uh, Gadol, so he has to slaughter the Korban uh, Tamid, but he doesn't, he, does, he has to also catch the blood. So the, since the Kohen Gadol literally has to do everything involved in the, korban, in the Korbanot of Yom Kippur, so therefore he has to do the minimum amount of Shechita on the Korban and then catch the blood, hand it to somebody else to finish, catch the blood, because otherwise, um, otherwise he will be considered not having done all of the Avodah. So he just does the minimum of the Shechita. So says the, 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 what we learned. So Kratzom, it's my Kratzom, what does it mean? Amarullah Dushna de Ketalahu, it means to kill. Okay, he kills it. But it doesn't call it shechita because since he's not completing a shechita, so it uses a different term, basically, to distinguish it. Right? Where do we get the, what's the biblical basis of this language? So there's a pasuk in Yirmiyahu that says, that, that Egypt is like a beautiful calf. And then it says, it's saying that, they, that uh, murderous, Groups are coming from the north. Okay, so the the idea is that keretz means to cut off or to kill, and so here too it means to kill. Now, my mashma, what is the what is the uh, uh, the interpretation of the pasuk that leads us to this conclusion? of Yosef that amamin ketulin mitzifona yatun Allah. So there's going to be a uh, a, a good king. In Egypt, but murderous, uh, murderous nations from the north are going to come upon him. Okay. But the idea is that the word karatz or kratzo means to kill. Now, be, uh, so then the question is, Bechama, what's considered to be a killing that is sufficient? It has to be the majority of the two simanim. We know that the trachea and the esophagus, we learned in, uh, in, in Masachet Chulain, that's the, that is the bottom line, the minimum for shechita. And in a bird, only one siman. In a in a in in a, an animal, it has to be both simanim, but the majority. So does Rabbi Yochanan say the same? They all say it has to be berov shnaim, the majority of the two simanim. And then the second that he crosses over the second siman, he's going to hand it to somebody else to finish the job, and he's going to catch the blood. Because Reish Lakish said, since we already know that that whenever you have the majority of some it's considered like the whole thing, right? We all, we know that as a principle in general. So if that's true, why do we have to say right? You should just be able to say the majority. Why why do you have to say slaughter slice the majority of one siman for a bird and the majority of two simanim for an animal? You should just be able to say slice one siman for the bird, two for the animal, and we know that Whenever you do the majority, it's considered like the whole thing. So why do you have to mention it? He says Right, so because since it says that they bring him the Korban Tamid and he has to kill it and somebody else completes the Shechita and he receives the blood and throws it You might have thought that if it wasn't completed it would be Pasul. In other words, you might have thought that True that he only has to do the majority of the simanim, but maybe if somebody and somebody else, but somebody else has to finish it, and if they don't finish it, it's not going to be kasher, right? So the Gemara interjects and says, "Lo pasul." How could it be that if you don't 
if the shechita is not finished by the other person, it's possible. That would be meaning mean that somebody else completed the avodah, and that couldn't be the case. So of course, whatever the other person does doesn't really count towards the avodah because if it counted towards the avodah, it would be it would be pasul for a different reason, right? And we've learned already. We learned that uh, all of the avodot of Yom Kippur, and it should say Vitanya really, Vitanya, it always has to be done by the Kohen Gadol. So obviously, even if that other Kohen didn't come along and complete the job, right? So it would still be a, uh, it would still be kasher, obviously, because anything that needs to be done needs to be done by the Kohen Gadol. So therefore, what? Ella. So what does it come to tell you? pasul You might have thought that it would be pasul midrabanan. Okay. And Rashi says, "Ho'il v'cholat moledam u'tzarich pasul v'chitnan uboshel echad kamo b'chulintnan." You might have thought that when it comes to these korbanot, even though insofar shchitas concerned, it's kasher with the one. Uh, with, with the majority of the siman. If somebody didn't finish it off, it wouldn't be good because he needs to extract all of the blood, which is a separate mandate. In other words, by chulin, by chulin, you don't have the requirement that you need to extract as much blood as possible because it's not a korban. So therefore, if you did the majority of the two siman, it will be good. But maybe you'll say that here, if the other person doesn't finish off what the Kohen Gadol started and he doesn't extract all the blood, it's it's not going to be good midrabanan because he didn't extract all the blood. That's why it comes to tell you that's what we have to learn that even when it comes to korbanot the majority of one siman by the bird is good the majority of the two simanim by an animal is good because the, uh, uh, because the point is that we want to be able to uh, well, we want to make it clear that there's nothing wrong with the shechita even midrabanan even though these simanim were not completed even though the reason for cutting through is to get the blood that's another mandate that you have by a korban that you don't have by other situations still it would be it would be kasher bediavad so if it's true that you don't that even it's not even a a uh, pesul midrabanan there's nothing wrong with it at all really even bediavad it's going to be good so then why do they need to finish off the shechita the answer is because mitzvah lemarek it's a mitzvah to do it in other words it's a, Rashi says so that you get as much blood out as possible in other words that wouldn't be you might have thought that the rabbis would make that a condition of a proper shechita and say, if it's not a shechita that extracts the majority of the blood, you know, as much blood as possible, then it's not a good shechita midrabanan. And that's why you have to have somebody complete the job. It's coming to say, no, it's not, it's not that the shechita would be insufficient. The shechita was good. It's just that it's a mitzvah to try to get as much blood out as possible for the korban. That's a separate mitzvah. That's, that's something else that someone else can take care of because it's not really a part of the avodah. It's an extra thing to get as much blood as possible. That's, so that's how we explain it. Now, if you read the Siddur every day, you recognize this, okay? Now, this is not exactly the language that we have, because we have Abaye Havam Sadir Sadir Amacha, right? So there's a big discussion. In fact, Chacham uh, Ovadia in, uh, in Yabia Omer has a whole discussion of the word Hava, and there's an issue of saying it because they don't like the Yud, Hey, Vav, Hey in a row, right? With Abaye, you have to pause, Hava. But actually, in the Gemara itself, it doesn't say Hava. And in fact, in many Sidurim that are more Meduyakim, if you look in a Sidur Meduyak, like Ishmat, it doesn't have the word Hava. Because it, uh, it's not actually Hava in the Gemara. Hava What? Yeah. Hava. Yeah, so they, it doesn't have it. It doesn't have it in the, here either, in this version. But anyway, he would say, the Seder HaMachamish Meda Gemara Valibada Abba Sha'ul, he would recite the, um, the order of the Avodah of the day according to Abba Sha'ul. Now the reason why it says according to Abba Sha'ul is because there is one significant machloket between the Chachamim and Abba Sha'ul uh, that is... Um, 
that, you know, in one of these things, one of the aspects of the order that will eventually, the Gemara is eventually going to address. For now, it's not that critical to point it out, but we'll get to it. But the interesting thing is that even though this is not lahalacha, because Abaye's order that he says in the name of Abba Shaul, because of that one difference, is actually not what's done. Halacha it's done according to the Chachamim. But uh, either way, it's in the Sidur. So, uh, we recognize it. Now he says, what is, what is the order? There were two um, pyres of wood placed on the Mizbeach, the outer Mizbeach. One was the large one, where they put the Korbanot on it. The other one was called Marach is the second smaller pile of wood that they would reduce to coals and then they would take the coals from that to do the Ketorot inside. So there were two, and then after they would have the second um, setup of wood. So they had the large setup of wood and they had the second setup of wood that they were going to take the coals for the ketorot. And then after that, they would put those two large logs that we talked about, the shnig onto the large pile of wood that we learned. That's a separate mitzvah for the kohen to bring it or for two kohenim to bring it in the afternoon. Then after that, they would go into the inner mitzvah and clean off the ashes from the inner mitzvah, which is the mitzvah ketorot. And then he would set up or clean out the five Nerot of the Menorah. Now again, we've mentioned in the past that there is a Machlok Adushonim between the Rambam and everyone else pretty much that the Rambam says that there is Hadlakat Nerot also in the morning of uh, every day in the Beit HaMikdash, morning and night. So therefore the Menorah would be lit also in the morning. So Hatavat Chamesh Nerot according to the Rambam means actually lit it. Um, which is what, and based on that is one of the reasons why we on Chanukah and the Beit Knesset we actually light the Menorah in the morning also based on the Rambam. But other Rishonim disagree. They say no, it's just the cleaning out of the Menorah for the night. But anyway, it, it, it doesn't matter because a candle really shouldn't have any significance during the day. We always say that the candle oh. during the day doesn't mean anything. So oh. it, unless it was for the fact that they did it in the Bet HaMikdash, it wouldn't be Pirsumanis. You can walk around with a menorah on your head all day for Pirsumanis. Right, but Pirsumanis, we do it at night for a reason. We do it at night because that's when you see it. I'm saying you could walk around with a t-shirt that says today's Hanukkah that does not pierce someone. You can't just make up a pierce someone's I'm saying. So if it were not for the fact that somebody said that they light the menorah actually in the daytime uh, in the Beit HaMikdash, they wouldn't, wouldn't light it in the Beit HaKnesset because it doesn't make sense. Why would, you, why would you just make something up that isn't relevant? But the menorah of the temple was inside. It was always inside, Maybe. right? So that's the so point, they right? The light during the daytime also. They didn't use. They weren't supposed to benefit from that light, but yeah, I mean, the point is that the light. No, one of the reasons that they give for the menorah, one of the explanations of the menorah, is to show you that Hashem doesn't need the light. In other words, because you face the light inside towards itself. In other words, to show that Hashem doesn't need any light. Hashem is the source of light. He's not the one who needs the light. So if you if you shine the light forward. If you aim the light forward, it would look like as if you're saying Hashem needs, lives in there and He needs the light or something like that. So by, by making the light point inward, it shows that Hashem doesn't need the light. It's a, it, Hashem's the source of our light. You know? And the same thing that I saw Shmuel, Shmuel Ibn Tibon, one of the students of the Rambam, he says that one of the reasons he gives for the, uh, for the Lechem Apanim, he says, why do they put the Lechem Apanim and then they eat it? To show you Hashem doesn't eat. You put the bread and then the people eat it. Hashem gives us food. We don't give Hashem food. Unlike the idolaters, you know, the idol worshippers, they, they, they fed their gods. You know, we, we get, put the bread, Hashem didn't take it. You know, obviously, 
So after the five nerot, whatever was done with them, was the dam tamit, was, was the blood of the korban tamit, meaning that was when he would do the actual shechitans, recover the blood of the dam tamit. Then after he threw the blood of the korban tamit of the morning, he would run back in to do the other two candles. It wasn't the same person because it's not the Kohen Gadol. We're talking about it could be any day, right? So after it should be kodemet because it's feminine, right? So the setting up of the two candles is before the ketoret. Then the ketoret was brought. And we just have uktoret levarim in the Sidor. But um, the point is that the ketoret comes before the placing of the limbs of the korban tamid. So he did the blood service of the korban tamid already, but he left the limbs to be put afterwards. They were probably bu- busy cutting it up while he was doing everything else. And then he would come back and put the limbs on there. And then after the limbs of the korban tamid come the mincha. The mincha is uh, the flower that always accompanies every korban. Ola would have to be put up after that. And then you have Then comes the chavitin. The chavitin is the offering of the kohen gadol that he brings half in the morning, half in the evening every day. The chavitin then you put the wine libations on Sachin and Musafin. Then after the Nisachim, after the wine, you would bring Musaf, if it was a day that had a Musaf, obviously, Shabbat or Rosh Chodesh or Yom Tov, or Musafin the Bazichin. And then you bring the Bazichin if it's Shabbat. Bazichin are the spoons of Livonah, the spoons of the frankincense that accompany the Lechem Hapanim that they would put on on a Shabbat. And then after they put up the Bazichin, after they put up the spoons, um, they would put up the, uh, the, then they would do the Korban of the afternoon. By that point, they, it was already time to do the Korban of the afternoon. As it says, You shall burn or offer upon it the fats of the Shalamim. Now Rashi says, The language is Hashlama, to be completed. Meaning all of the Korbanot have to be finished on... The Korban of the morning. The last thing of the day is the Korban of the afternoon. So it's the closer of the day, which means that everything that's done has to be done on the Korban of the morning. Okay? She says, meaning to say that Hashlama is means on it you finish all the Korbanot. Meaning on the morning Tamid you have to do everything because the last thing of the day is going to be the Korban of the afternoon. So once I bring the Korban of the afternoon, we're closed for today. Right, so that, they, that's why they tried to do it a little bit later in the afternoon to give people an opportunity to bring the, uh, the, the their, their personal korbanot. Okay, now we're going to go back since we read the order and, and understand what the reasoning is behind the order because some of it seems random. Some of it maybe seems like common sense, so to speak, or logical, like obviously you have to put the wood on the mizbech before you burn anything, but some of it seems more random and, and things are interrupted in the middle. So he's going to explain each one of these points. So it says... Um, the master said, So first you put the large maracha, the large setup of wood, and then the smaller one, Minalan. It mentions two setups of wood. It first says that this is the Ola that is burnt on the Mizbech all night. That's talking about the first setup of, of uh, wood. And then it says, that the fire of the Mizbech is lit on it. That's talking about the second Marcha. So you see that the, the one of the Ola is mentioned first, and there's another fire that's mentioned second. Now why don't we go the other way? We would, we would always give precedence to the larger one. Why? Because the larger one serves for all the Korbanot of the day. 
Right? means there's a lot going on on that one. The other one is only to provide coals for the ketorah. There's one function, so it's, it's, it's lesser. Say the other way. Alright, so you could say that no. That really the second one, so to speak, the smaller one, should be first. Why? Because that's the one that should take the coals into the Kodesh for the, for the ketorah. So it's, it's better. It should go first. It says no. We go with the one that has more kapara. We go with the one that has a greater function. Since the, lar- the greater function is the one that is the, the ola goes on, because all the korbanot go on that, so we make that first. So that says, Vibayit him alternatively, The fact is that if they didn't find enough wood to make two, and they needed to take coals for the ketorot, they would take from the larger one. In other words, the larger one is really the primary one. The second one that's only for the ketorot is a secondary one for a reason. So you make it second. Number one, because... It only has a limited function. It only serves for the ketorot. And number two, because if you didn't have enough, you would take from the large one anyway. So that shows the large one is primary. Now, so why is it? So there, a good question is, why wouldn't they put the two logs? Because what do they do? They make the large pyre of wood for the, uh, for the korbanot. Then they make the smaller one for the ketorot. That they're going to take the coals from it and they're going to bring it inside for the ketorot. Why don't they first make the large setup of wood and then put the shnig zireitzim on top of it? Because it's going on that one. It's going on the first one. Why would they first set up the small one and then go back? Is the tradition so, before burning or after burning? This, they didn't start burning yet. I'm saying first no, they, set up, the, they set up the wood, then they set up the other one, then they go back and they put the two logs. Mm. Why didn't they put the two logs when they were working with the big one? Why did they first put the small one? So, because it says that the Kohen will burn on it wood, and that's actually the Pasuk that we learned that you have to put the Shnei Zeretzim because it says he should put wood on it each morning, which means Aleha, you put it on it. The fact that it says Aleha means there must be another one because it says means you should put the two logs on it, meaning it's specifying because the other one already exists. So first you make the large one, then you make the small one, then you go back and you put the two large logs onto the... Um, onto the large one. But you need the word Aleah because how would you know where to put the logs? It's not an extra word. No, it says it twice because it says, it says, uh, uh, um, right? Uh, I'm sorry. Right? It says it twice, right? Actually, says it three times, but yeah, it uses the word Aleah multiple times, so that shows you that it's emphasizing that there were both of the setups of wood were there before you go back and you add to the large one. Now, so so now it says every morning. Literally, it means every morning. Yeah. So now, first you would set up those two large logs on top of the big marcha, and then you would go and you would do the cleaning off of the inner mezuzah. Even though both of them, the word baboker, baboker, happens in this case, the emphasis on baboker, even though literally baboker, baboker means each and every morning, but it's also an emphasis on the timing. So in both cases, um, it says baboker, baboker, because it says, Victor Alavaron, Kitoratamim, baboker, baboker. Right, so it's, it's, they both have the double bokeh, but machshir adif. But machshir meaning something which is preparing 
for uh, uh, for a, a bigger mitzvah comes first. She says, that really, the kit- what is the purpose of setting up the wood? It's for all the burnings that are going to be done. So we take first the large setup of wood and the smaller setup of wood, and then we're going to take from the smaller setup of wood to put it uh, to put on the Torah. So all of the wood really should take place before we start cleaning off the Mizbeach inside, because, we, because the whole purpose of the wood is to burn what you're going to burn on the Mizbeach inside. So you should first take care of setting up. In other words, you don't have to clean out from the previous day until you're set up for the current day is a way to think of it, right? So now it says, my nihu, So what, what is considered a setup? prior to the mitzvah, the two logs. But wait a second. But that's not true. The two large logs go on the big setup of wood. The big setup of wood is for the korbanot. It's not for the ketoret. In fact, when you make the big setup of wood and then the small setup of wood, you're going to take from the coals of the small setup of wood to go to the ketoret. So why should you not first then go clean off the mizbeach for the ketoret? Now you're all ready for the mitzvah of ketoret and then go and put the two logs on the uh, on the larger pyre of wood. Why should you put the logs on the larger pyre of wood first? So it says, Amar Rabbi Yirmiyah, Shum etzim, any wood, meaning since you're going to need some of the wood, in order to make the ketoret, so we finish off all of the mitzvah wood related mitzvot before we go and clean off the mizbech inside for the next mitzvah. Another practical way to look at it is: look, once you start the mitzvah, setting up the wood on the mizbech, finish it before you go to the next thing. Like we said before, the fact is that bediavad, if there wasn't enough wood to make the two setups, or if there wasn't enough coals from the um, from the second setup. So they would take from the first setup. So actually the first setup is related to the Ketorot. So actually you are setting up a stage of the mitzvah for the Ketorot. And therefore we finish everything related to the wood, including the Shnei Zeretzim, before we go and clean off the inner Mizbech. Now, So first you clean off the inner Mizbech and then you set up, or you light, according to the Rambam, the five candles. So I said, listen, I learned this as a tradition. I have no idea what the reason is. I don't know. Very, very honest. You don't pass the mitzvah. And when you come into the hechal, when you come into the kodesh, the first thing you run into is the mizbeach. Why? Because the two. Well, it's going to explain. I don't have to tell you. It says nebraita shulchan b'tzafon. When you walk in, remember you're walking to the west. Right? Whenever you're walking in, in the Beit HaMikdash, you're walking to the west. So to the right of you is Shulchan. Right? It's pulled away from the, uh, from the wall. Two Amot. Two and a half Amot. And the Menorah is to the south of you. Two and a half Amot away from the wall also on your left. Then, and the Mizbeach is in the middle. So it's like a triangle. Right? You have the Shulchan, Menorah, Mizbeach, the golden Mizbeach for the Ketorot in the middle. And it's, it's not exactly in between. It's not in between the Menorah and the Shulchan. It's pulled forward. So the first thing that you're going to run into is going to be the Mizbeach. Now, of course, the question is, why don't you put it in the same spot? In other words, just like the Shulchan and the Menorah are, uh, you know, are across from each other, pulled away. Yeah, they're pulled away two and a half amot from the wall. But why don't you have them? Why don't you have also the Mizbeach in the same spot, right in the middle? So you have in a row. 
It'll be, it'll look symmetrical. There's no, we didn't want to do that. Why not? Because it says, It says that the menorah has to face the shulchan. They have to be able to see each other, so to speak. In other words, if you have something in between, since they're supposed to be facing each other, you can't have somebody sitting or something sitting in between them. So therefore the mezbeach is a little bit closer to the door and therefore the first thing you're going to encounter when you come in is going to be the mizbeach. You see from this that passing over the arm tefillin for the head tefillin is prohibited. What do you do? You go from the arm to the head tefillin. So the question is, what is he talking about? Rashi gives the simplest answer, which would be, oh, it means that this is why we put, since he says that when it comes to tefillin, we, since your arm is closer to your arm, so to speak, literally, because you're taking the tefillin to put it on, so the first thing you should do, put it on your arm. And then you put it on your head because your arm is closer to your other arm. In other words, th- therefore, you, the order of tefillin is first arm, then head. That's what Rashi says. The thing is, Tosfot points out that that's not, you know, that we have a special, pas- the pasuk says it, that, that, that the arm, you don't need en ala mitzvot. The, the idea of en ala mitzvot, that you don't pass over a mitzvah, has nothing to do with, uh, with putting on the tefillin shalyad before the tefillin shalosh. That's a pasuk. You put on the tefillin shalyad first. And, and what, what we do learn is, uh, like it also brings a couple of other things, but one of the halachot that we do learn is you're not supposed to put your head tefillin in in such a way that you take it out of the bag first, right? You should always put the tefillin shel yad first. So that, you, in other words, you angle it in such a way that you reach the tefillin shel yad first, because even though the halacha is that if you take out the shel rosh first, you still put on the shel yad first, because it says, that you have to do the yad first, you shouldn't be in a situation of ma'avirin ala mitzvot, where you have to put aside the shel rosh, because you took the shel rosh out first, and then you took the shel yad, so you should always take, first, you should set up your tefillin in the bag, so that you take the shel yad first. The, other, the area of in ma'avirin ala mitzvot, where actually you do have an unusual thing is that you always try to make sure that you don't t- don't take out your tefillin before, before you take your tal- talit because if you take your tefillin before talit you actually do have to put on the tefillin first and then you're going to look strange you know so why do yeah. they tell you that as the halacha in Rashi and Mavirah I can't explain what Rashi says I don't know but probably they are in different bags what no, I'm saying he says that he just mentions he what Rashi says is that the reason why we put on tefillin shel yad first is because of in Mavirin ala mitzvot. But Tosafot points out that you have a pasuk that tells you to put on tefillin shaliyad first. You don't need even Mavirin ala mitzvot. There are other reasons. Or he says, like, if you're doing mishmush, if you're touching the tefillin, you should touch the shaliyad and then the shalosh, because you go for the yad and the rosh. He gives other reasons what in Mavirin ala mitzvot. I've seen it. I've seen it. What? Put on what? Before the talit? Yeah. I've seen it. Because people made a mistake. They took out the tefillin first. They have to. They don't know the halakha. They don't know the halakha. They but take out the tefillin. Oh, no, by accident. By accident. I saw somebody t- pull the bag. Text of it comes after uh-huh. <laughs> that's, that's, they're not really next to each other. They're not really next to each other in the Torah. Actually, the first paragraph is later than t- is in Tvarim. The first two paragraphs in Tvarim. Tzitzit is actually before. Technically, it just appears then. Yeah. If you pick up the tefillin, right? If you pick, really, technically, you're doing a, uh, you're doing a, uh, I don't want to say you're you're committing a minor violation of mavirin ala mitzvot. If you if you take the shel rosh out and then and then the shaliyad. However, the, since there's a pasuk that says specifically that you have to do the shaliyad before the shel rosh, we do it anyway. 
Okay, we do it anyway. But when it comes to tzitzit, there's no pasuk that says you have to put on your tefillin after your tzitzit. It doesn't say that anymore. The normal, what's the reason? That's the reason. It's a different reason. What I'm saying is it's a different reason. Right. So, right. So, since the reason why you do tzitzit before tefillin normally is only because of tadir v'sheno tadir tadir kodem, or because some people say because it's shkulak keneged kol mitzvot. That's the other reason that they give. There's other reasons. But once you already have the tefillin in your hand, then you're going to have to put it down in order to take the tefillin. So you're in a situation of in mavir which is a negative. In other words, tadir v'sheno tadir tadir kodem is not a negative. It's just that you're supposed to give precedence to one over the other. Now you already picked up the tefillin. You're going to have to put it down and reject the tefillin, so to speak. Because of, that's mavir. Right, that's, that's in Mavirna Mitzvot. That's why Allah is supposed to do. With the bag, you're not talking about with the bag. Take it yeah. out of the bag. No, with, the bag. Of the with the bag, bag, meaning you're supposed to put your talit so that your tefillin is on the bottom. So you don't grab your talit, your tefillin first. Like you shouldn't bag. take the bag out first. If you're planning on using it, meaning if you're sitting for shachrit, <laughs> you have to take your talit out first. You don't take your tefillin out first. You shouldn't touch the bag of the tefillin first. Yeah, you should only touch the bag of talit first. Because otherwise you're taking the mitzvah of the tefillin and they're saying, I don't want this, I'll take the talit. That's why you shouldn't. Anyway, okay, so let's go further before we, we, time's running out. We have to learn? Okay. So it says this. So first you do the five candles of the Minoran, then the damat, then the blood of the Korban Tamid. And then you do the two Nehot. So you notice that we interrupt in the middle of setting up the Minoran to do the Korban Tamid. Right? We do five candles. Then, they, then the Kohen does the Korban Tamid. And then he does the two candles. So my time, what's the reason? This is a very creative drasha. He says, okay, it says Baboker, Baboker when it comes to the wood of the Maracha. Because it says that we already determined that we don't actually need those words because we have the word Aleha. So we already know where the Shnei Gzirei Etzim are going to go. We don't need the word So we take those and we add them. Shadinu Leacha. We, we apply them over here. So we already have the word baboker baboker by the by the nerot to begin with because it says Victor I want to we have already the pasuk baboker baboker for the lighting of the menorah or for the cleaning of the menorah whichever it is. So we already have the word baboker baboker. If we take another boker that gives us three bokers. Okay, so I have three bokers over there that should come before the dam tamid. The chad shadil le dam tamid, the nagdamil and one will give to the dam tamid. And we're being very generous. We're taking the baboker baboker of the shnei gzeretzi. We're giving one of them to the uh, to the uh, dam tamid, so that now it comes. Uh, I'm sorry, one of them to the menorah, so the fir- first five candles go first, and then we're going to give one to the tamid, so that it comes first, uh, right after that, right before the shnei right, and then and, uh, and and that way. Um, and that way it's going to go in the order that we just said, right? Right? And so, Because by giving one boker to the, to the, to the menorah, so that has three bokers against the two of the tamid. And, and that will allow the dama tamid to come before the two nerod, because the two nerod has, but the thing is, wait a second, but now you have two and two, because we have two bokers. We took one boker and we generously gave it to the dam hatamid. But the menorah also has two. 
Right, so 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 why are you uh, why are you giving one precedence over the other? It the says no because mechaper the second one mechaper adif since the dama tamid is kapara korban is kapara so that's a higher level so it's going to go first. Okay, so we have a very creative drasha here. We by by splitting up the boker we get that uh, that 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 the minorah comes before the dama tamid, but the dama tamid also is going to come before the second uh, uh, second minorah part. So they both come before each other basically in a way because the part of the minorah is coming before the dama tamid and part of the dama tamid. And that is come before part of the Minoah. Amale Rafabala Baye, Rafabasa Baye, Vema Chachet, the Dishun Bismir Hapnimi. Why don't we switch it around? Why don't we do this? Say that that Boker goes on cleaning out the Ketoret. The Ketoret also has two. Because that Baboker Baboker is applying both to the Ketoret and to the Menorah. So say that actually you give the Ketoret three Bokers. Ah, oh, once you give the Ketoret three Bokers, you could say the, three, the Ketoret now is going to precede the Damatamid. Because it has three Bokers. And the Damatamid doesn't. Right? Because you gave one Boker to the to the ketoret instead of the menorah, and you gave one boker to the damatamid, so it'll have two. So it's three against two. And then you give one boker to the damatamid, which lets it come before the five nerot. Because you told me you only need two to beat the menorah, because since the since one is kapara, since the korban tamid is kapara, so you give it two. Now as you're saying, why did you decide to distribute the two bokers? Give one to the ketoret and one to the damatamid. Give one to the to, I'm sorry. You, you said to give one to the menorah and one to the damatamid. I'm saying give one to the ketoret and one to the damatamid. That way you clean out the mizbech for the ketoret first. Then you do the korban tamid and then do the menorah. Why are you doing the menorah and then the damatamid and then the rest of the menorah? Why don't you do the menorah after the damatamid? Right? Give distribute it differently. Why are you distributing it that way? You could you could put the whole damatamid before the menorah. So he says, The problem is we have to interrupt, as we're going to see, between the five nerot and the two nerot of the minorah. It has to be interrupted by something. And we won't have anything to interrupt it because you put the Dhamma Tamid before. Right? Now, according to Reish Lakish, who says that we only interrupt in the lighting of the minorah in order to make a big deal out of it, that we go out, we come back in. Right? So then, according to Rish Lakish, you don't need any avodat to take place in between the first half and the second half, because you could just as easily interrupt, go out, and come back in, and you're making it into two activities, and you don't need to do anything in between. Okay, but according to Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan, but according to Rabbi Yochanan, that says, Baboker, Baboker tells you that you have to split it into two. In other words, according to Rabbi Yochanan, you have to interrupt it with some avodah. And since we know that the lighting of the menorah has to be split with by some avodah, we choose the avodah, the avodah that we use to split the menorah in half is the damatamid. But otherwise, the way that you're doing it, that the damatamid should come right after cleaning out the mizbech of the ketorit, so then you're going to have then you're going to have Dhamma Tamid, then you're going to have Minoah, and then what are you going to split first half and second half of Minoah with? You're not going to have anything to split it with, and that's why we don't go that way. Instead, we give the word Bokir to the Minoah and to the Dhamma Tamid, and that way we split the Minoah lighting in, or, the, or cleaning in half. How do you know that Baboker, Baboker in Shnei Zirayatim is even extra? You're assuming it's extra, but maybe it's not extra. Maybe you have to do it like this. Not like what we said. That first you do the large marcha, the large pyre of wood. And then you do the small pyre of wood. And then you go back and you put the two large logs on the large pyre. Maybe that's not how it goes. Maybe the babukir, babukir is teaching you that you first put the large pyre of wood. And then you put the two large logs. And then you go to the small. 
How do you know that it's not going that way? We already said, the Pasuk teaches you, put those those two large dogs on it and not on the other one. Meaning, which implies that there's another one to be discussed. In other words, like we said before, so that means that you must have had two pyres of wood already and you're putting the Shnei Gzoretzim on the larger one. Right? Why don't you do, two, why do you do five candles and then two candles? Why not the other way around? That's why we, we, because we want to do the majority. In other words, once we already have uh, once we're already doing a mitzvah, we want to do a majority and a majority uh, when you have seven Right? So you have to, uh, you, you know, you would have to do at least four to uh, qu- constitute a majority. Right? sheet. Why don't we do six? Right? Because at the end it says, After the word, it says, That he, when he comes back, there has to be at least two left. So we do five and then two. How do you know that the lighting of the two candles comes or the, or the fixing of the two candles comes before the ketoret? Right? Because you could read it either way, really. The Pasuk is actually vague. Because when it says, it could mean at the time he's going to light the candles, he lights the ketoret, meaning that he lights the ketoret first and then the candles. It's saying, no, because the last word is yaktirena, so that tells you that it is, um, that he does the ketoret afterwards. How do you know the ketoret comes before the limbs? Because since it says with the ketoret, and it only says for the Korban Tamid, it doesn't say Baboker Baboker, it just says Boker one time. So therefore you do the Ketorot before the Evarim, before the limbs, okay? The Evarim Limincha, first you do the limbs of the Korban Tamid and then the flower that accompanies it. Because it says that nothing should come before the Tamid Shoshachar to be burned on the altar, nothing should be burned on the altar. And the first thing that's going to be burned on the altar so far, of all the things we mentioned, the first thing is going to be the limbs of the Korban Tamid because everything else was in the inner altar. This is the first thing that's going to go on the outer altar is the limbs. It has to be first because it says, It says you should place on it the Ola. And as Rashi says, Ha'ola means the specific one. The Korban Tamid has to be the first thing that goes on there. And if you put the Mincha first, then the Mincha would be the first thing to be burned up there. Rava said, Ha'ola, Ola Rishona. Right? That the Ola means the one that goes first. The flower offering goes before the Chavitin of the Kohen Gadol, the, the offering of the Kohen Gadol, daily offering, because it says, Ola Mincha. The Pasuk says, Ola Mincha Zevach Unsechim famous pasuk, right? When it's telling the list of the different things, always burnt offering and then mincha. And how do you know that then the Kohen Gadol's mincha should be brought before the wine libation? Because maybe you could say the wine libation really is connected to the Korban Tamid, so it should go before the Kohen Gadol's offering. Why not? Because Shum Mincha. Because since it says because it says Olau Mincha, Zebach Sachim. So that means all the things that are in the category of mincha should go after the ola. So we go do the limbs, then the mincha that accompanies the korban tamid, and then the mincha of the kohen gadol. And then you put the wine libation, right? Because how do you know that? Because unsachim uh, lemusafin, because it says zevach unsachim. How do you know you do the wine libation? Maybe you should do all the animal korbanot and then the libations of wine afterwards. No, because it says zevach unsachim, the offering and its nesach, the offering and its accompanying libation goes first, and only then the musaf. Now, umusafin levazichin. And then you do the korban musaf. And then the spoons of the frankincense. But we have another brighter that says the opposite. That first you should do the spoons of the frankincense. And then the musaf. Tanayi, it's actually a makhluk at tanayim. Because we say, um, uh, Amar Abayim, Mistabra, Kemanda Amar Musafin Kodamin Lebazichin. 
Abaye says, I think it's better to say that the Musaf should go before the Bazichin. Why? Right? Because here it says, So the, the word Yom indicates that really, um, uh, because when, when it's talking, that's actually speaking about the, um, uh, uh, it's talking about the Lechem right? Biyom HaShabbat, Biyom HaShabbat Yarchenu. So he's saying in, it, that, the, uh, the, that really that shows you so that it, not that it should go first, actually, but it should go later. In other words, the bazichin should be when it's lighter out. Huh? Not necessarily noon, but uh, she says that, um, he says, he says here, but that's probably a typo. It's probably, oh, it says, right? In other words, it should be lighter, so it should, we should delay it. Should delay it. So therefore, do the Musa first, and then, uh, right? To make it later. So what's the logic of the one that says that first the frankincense and then the Musaf? We see the logic of the other way, that we want to make the Bazichin later. But what would the logic be to make them earlier? Because the word chuka, the word chuk, it says regarding the offering of the Kohen Gadol, chuk olam nashem kalil toktar, which is the, and, and with the Bazichin it says, Kodesh Kodesh Hashem chuk olam, right? It calls it chuk olam. In both cases it's a chuk, a fixed statute with regard to the Kohen the Kohen's offering and with regard to the spoons of the frankincense or with regard to the uh, really with regard to the Lechem Apanim so they should be connected so they should be one right, right after the other we should do the offering of the Kohen Gadol followed immediately by the Bazichin and only then the Musafin so if that hatam gamar, if we're learning it from over there so if that's true why don't we take even uh, why don't we go even further than that and because we said already that uh, for sure we're having the Nisachim in between, right? Because we're having the Minchav the Kohen Gadol, then the libations of the offering, and only then maybe the Bazichin, the spoons of the Lechem Apanim. So why don't we do this? Why don't we do <coughs> Mincha of, the, of Korban Tamid, then Mincha of the Kohen Gadol, then the Bazichin, the spoons of frankincense, which are part of the quote-unquote Mincha of the Lechem Apanim, and then we'll do the Nisachim. Why don't we do that? So it says, no, there we don't, because, so, says, so, why, don't, so why don't we go that far? Lachiane biyom biyom le'acher. He says, that's where we use the word biyom. Right? You said it makes it a little bit later. You're right, it makes it a little bit later. Not as late as you want after Musaf, but later than the Nisachim. So it's somewhere in the middle. In other words, even this opinion recognizes that the Bazichin are not as early as possible. There's some delay. The delay is that we do the libations, in, we do the libations of the, uh, of the Korban Tamid before we, we bring the, uh, the, the Bazichin, even though it wants to connect the Bazichin back to the offering of the Kohen Gadol because of the word Chok, we make a compromise and we do Nisachim in between. But the Halakha is actually that the Musaf goes before the Bazichin, we make the Bazichin as late as possible. So actually you do the Nesach, the Nisachim of the Korban Tamid first, then you do the Musaf and then you bring the spoons of the frankincense to be offered and then the Kohanim would divide up the bread amongst themselves and, uh, you know, to eat it between the watch, the new watch that came in and the old watch that was going out, uh, divide up the uh, bread to eat it.